Hi guys, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 2 of Aggie Hoops Weekly. We're going to talk about our critical departures and our returning contributors this season before moving on to Part 2, The New Guys, on Friday. Let's roll. Welcome back to Aggie Hoops Weekly. This one is going to be part one of our season preview. And yes, this is a season preview that is taking place after the season has already started. But in our world, preview is just a matter of semantics. David, welcome back, man. Guys, I would say you can take our opening two games to the bank. We're going to win these first two, go to Vegas, get rich. Easy, easy money. Nice. I like it. All right. Good prediction to start us off. Let's look at last year's team before we we jump too far into what we're going to see this year. I think it just helps provide a little bit, bit of context, maybe for people who are new to the program. You know, there's always new Aggies coming in, so more than happy to to roll this back for you guys and kind of let you know what we saw last year. So last year's team was 14 and 18 overall, six and 12 in SEC play. Decent team, not not. Uh, not anywhere where they needed to be, but had some talent, uh, shot 44% from the field. The problem was they only shot 30% from three, and in today's game, that's just not acceptable. Decent rebounding team, pretty good pretty good numbers on the, on the boards, uh, thanks to uh, a couple of big guys up front. We'll talk about them in, in just a moment, but the, one of the biggest things that plagued the Aggies last year was turnovers. Uh, they averaged 14 and a half turnovers a game, just just brutal numbers. It was something that fans continued to lament throughout the season and throughout, honestly, probably the past three or four seasons. It, it was really just brutal watching teams that weren't able to take care of the basketball and just hand it over to the other team. So, David, your thoughts on what we saw last year and kind of how that factors into what we can expect this year? There's one thing I like to mention about last year, Blake, because you mentioned at the outset it wasn't good enough. And you're right, it wasn't good enough. Uh, we bottomed out at one point. We were, we were one and eight in the SEC. I think at that point, Blake, we had lost nine of our last 11. And it looked like this thing was just spinning out of control and it was going to truly, truly be a horrendous season. And at that point, we were one five of our next seven. So we steered out of the skid. We finished the SEC campaign six and 12, which, you know, originally we probably thought we were headed for one and 17. And we, we kind of built a little bit of hope by doing that, right? Because for one, it showed me the character of the guys to not just give up on a lost season, but it also showed me that we did have some talent. And then in the context of this podcast, most of that talent is coming back. I would say five of our top six guys are coming back. So we do have something to get excited about. It's an upperclassman core from a team that did have some positives. So that's where I land, honestly. Yeah, let's talk about the guys who aren't coming back right now. I think there's really three big names that, that you would say aren't returning this year, right? Right. And I'll start with Mekawulu because he's the one of the six that I referenced. So in terms, we have five of our top six coming back. He's the one that's not coming back. And he was our starting center for the entire year. He played in and started all 32 games, averaged between 20 and 22 minutes in most games. He and Nebo settled into a pretty comfortable 50-50 split of the center position for the season. And his rebounding numbers were honestly, Blake, they were pretty good. He was an underappreciated rebounder for, from my perspective, particularly on a team that was only starting one true big or only playing one true big at any given time. His offensive numbers weren't that great, but just in terms of being a big body who didn't get in too much foul trouble and can rebound well, I think that's going to be missed. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you will, you'll miss his leadership inside. 
Uh, he was he was a, a solid defensive player, not as great of a shot blocker as Nebo, but definitely held his own and was really good on the boards. His offensive game was a little more well-rounded, certainly, than, than Nebo's, but I think that it's it, it, you're going to hurt not having him inside uh, this year. I, I think that that's going to be a big loss for the Aggies, but you know, it was great to see him come through the program. He did uh, some really cool things in in his one grad transfer season with the Aggies. So certainly going to miss Mekawulu this year. After Mekawulu, we get to Brandon Mahan, who was a pure shooter who, if I'm being blunt, didn't offer a ton besides his pure shooting. Also one of the streakiest shooters I have ever seen. This guy could go one for 10 and then hit his next 12 and then go one for 15. It was, it was the old notion of if you have one foot in a uh, in a bucket of boiling water and the other foot in ice. Like, are you comfortable? Not really, even though the math suggests that you should be. That was kind of the way Mahan shot and played the game. Uh, so he left uh, with news of all the incoming, uh, the incoming uh, recruits and the coaching change. He opted to transfer out as well. Uh, or I say as well. He's the first of our two transfers. I don't think we lost a ton there, Blake. Obviously, we're a team that needs shooting, and he was a pure shooter, but he had some pretty significant shortcomings on the defensive end. Yeah, he did. Uh, he, his offensive game, you saw flashes of, of genius on, on the offensive side. Uh, you mentioned he is streaky, and oh, you lived by the streak and died by the streak with Mahan. But he, he showed some flashes occasionally, but just nothing ever really consistent, and he really was a defensive liability. So no, I don't think that that's a huge loss for, for the team this year. The other one that I think actually surprised me a little bit that that he decided to transfer out. I, I felt like he had a really good season that nobody really saw coming, and this is John Walker III. Uh, John was actually a, a really solid player, averaged 13 minutes a game, and I, I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but as, as a guy that nobody had really paid any attention to coming in, it was actually pretty encouraging to see him uh, come in and contribute. I felt like he was he was a decent presence. I felt like he was a good stretch four, really good more so on the perimeter than he was inside, especially defensively. But he always brought good energy to the game, and I felt like there was a lot of potential for him uh, in the program. But he decided to take his his services elsewhere. Uh, he was somebody who was so unknown heading into last season that you and I literally didn't know his name as we did last year's season preview. So let's try to not make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> That's my personal goal is to not just not know the name of an incoming contributor uh, offhand. But no, he was. He was, I think you hit, you had, you nailed him perfectly. He was, uh, he grew a lot over the course of the year. He had a pretty strong basketball IQ. He made some plays on offense. He hadn't really filled out defensively, and he was getting uh, banged around pretty good down low. But I would have liked to have seen what he could have become. Um, but as you said, he transferred out, and that's kind of the way of college basketball these days. If there's not an immediate path to playing time, guys usually bail. That's what happened here. Yep, hate to see him go. But it's time to look at the guys who are coming back. And there are some important names in this group. Uh, I think Savion Flag is probably the, the the most heralded and the most important. So let's let's start there. Yeah, perfect place to start. Uh, Savion made a tremendous amount of progress last season. In last year's preview, we talked about not really knowing whether he was going to be able to make that jump, right? His freshman year was up and down, and we knew heading into his sophomore campaign, he needed to become much more consistent and much more durable. And he checked both of those boxes with a freaking thick black sharpie he killed it in both categories he played in and started every game he led the sec in percentage of minutes played he was very high in the sec and least amount of fouls committed per game he did it while 
providing consistent shooting, consistent defense, uh, solid offensive awareness all around. I thought he was hosed by the media. And ter- I think he's I think he's an all SEC second team player. The media didn't give him that distinction. We found out two days ago the SEC coaches did give him that distinction. Uh, he's our best player, and everything we do this year is going to start with him. Yeah, he was this team's leading scorer. He was also the leading rebounder. Uh, put up thirteen point nine points per game and brought pulled down seven point seven boards. So. I expect those numbers to improve, and they need to, right? In the offseason, Savion actually spent a little time away from the team exploring the possibility of entering the NBA draft. He never hired an agent. I don't think anybody really was thinking he was going to to officially enter for the draft whenever that time came. But I think it was good for him to explore that option, more so to get the scouting reports and get the feedback to see where his game needs to evolve I really think he needs to be in an 18 to 20 points per game range for him to to cement his status as a legitimate possibility for an NBA team. I think he is that, right? I think he does have everything you could want in terms of an NBA body, right? He's 6'7", almost 220. He, he's got the perfect build. He's got a, a really good offensive game. He can play inside and out. He, he fits the modern NBA game in that regard. He's He's got hops. He can leap. He can jump. That He's what you want. I, you just need you need to see him step forward and, and, and assert himself and become the man. Like you mentioned, I, I'm really glad that the SEC coaches recognized him as a second team selection. Very well deserved. He was great for the Aggies last year, and I, I can't wait to see what he does this year. In terms of his NBA prospects, I do think he's a, a slightly better three point shot away from carving out a PJ Tucker role on somebody's team, right? The six seven guy who can defend, rebound well as the next tallest guy on the floor, and hit a corner three. So if he can up that shooting a little bit, I do think he could be headed for that kind of role. In regards to this season, I think you made a really interesting point about his, I don't want to call it selfishness, but his assertiveness. And through the first two games, he has been a little deferential at times. Uh, he played really well in both of those games, but I think he will see more often than not that we will need him to take over in big moments. So I think he's capable of it. I think he's a he's a good basketball player and a good team player who will always try to find the open man. But I'm interested to see if over the course of the season, if he doesn't start trying to take over in big moments more often. Yeah, I, I really hope that he does. I think we we absolutely need him to do that if we're going to have any hint of success in this season. So, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From there, let's let's talk probably one of the most intriguing players in my mind, Wendell Mitchell. So Wendell was actually a newcomer to this team. I, I like what Wendell brought. Uh, he's he's a really solid point guard. He, he has a, an interesting game. I'm excited to see what he does this year. He was actually the second leading scorer for the Aggies last year, averaged 13 points a game. I'm, what are your thoughts on Wendell this year, or Chuck as he is known? So I think we're headed for a big year for Mitchell. I think he's going to do really well in this offense, which doesn't really have the tempo and pace-killing dump-down pass to the low block. There's just none of that. It's all about 
high motion screening away from the ball, a lot of movement. There's not really a ton of time the ball spins in the key. So it's, you know, it's you need guards who can shoot. You need guards who can score off the dribble. You need guards who can get to the rim. He can do all three of those things, and he's going to be asked to do he's going to be asked to do it often. But I think he's up to the task. I think his scoring numbers are going to go up. Um, I did find it a little odd that we were playing him at the point as often as we were. I don't see him as an amazing passer. I don't think it's a liability, but he's a scorer, right? He can score, and so I think over time, what we're going to see is we're going to see him playing off the ball. He's probably going to wouldn't surprise me, Blake, if he ends up taking the most shots or the second most shots in just about every game we play. And I think that's how it should be because, like we mentioned, with the loss of Mayhem, Wendell's probably our best pure shooter on the team. So I think he's headed for a big year. I think he's going to fill it up. Yeah, and and his defense is another thing that uh, he's a really solid defender on the perimeter. So he had a, a really good defensive effort last year, and I think that the energy that Buzz demands of his team will, will only play to Chuck's hand, right? He's going to fit this scheme really well, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I think we agree on Mitchell. I want to talk now about Josh Nebo, Blake. He is now the sole big man, whereas before he was splitting time with Christian Mekawulu. Now it's his job. What do you see from Nebo this season? I'm curious to see how how this is going to play out. I think he brings everything that Buzz is going to want from a defensive perspective. I think he's going to have to adapt his game a little bit to fit the flow and the motion of Buzz's offense. Buzz plays more of the positionless style that you see in the game today. We'll see what Nebo does with that from an offensive perspective. We saw flashes of it last year. He'd actually step out and hit a mid-range jumper or knock down some shots, and you'd say, wait, whoa, where did that come from? I don't feel like he's great with the ball in his hands on the perimeter, dribbling and things like that. But if you put him in the right position and ask him to knock down a 10-foot jumper, he's actually a a serviceable shooter in that regard. I want him inside. I want him throwing down monstrous dunks, but but you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have to work that and and I think that maybe this offense will give him the opportunity to slip back door for for some of those big dunks and things like that. I'm hoping that Buzz's style of play will open things up for him more than than Billy Kennedy's style. I think it will because Nebo doesn't really have a traditional back-to-the-basket game, so I think it's going to be fine that we have an offense that moves away from traditional back-to-the-basket passes. I think he's going to be a heavy screener. He's going to be asked to flash to the rim. He's going to be asked to finish at the rim, offensive putbacks, and I think we're going to put him in a position offensively where we are playing to his strengths. I'm looking forward to it. I, I think he was a lot of fun to watch. I You know I, I have a soft spot in my heart for watching big men play, especially with those who are great on the defensive end. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what comes of this year for him and, and a change of style. The only thing I think that concerns me, I know early in the fall camp, you know, mid-October, there were reports coming out that he had missed something like 27 straight practices. Uh even in this the the season opener, he was suited out, but he was on the bench. So I think they're just trying to keep him healthy and and string him along through these first few weeks of the season, make sure he's good to go, and then hopefully we'll see some more minutes for him once we get into deeper into the non-conference schedule. So you led me perfectly to the final point I wanted to make: more minutes. He played well, 20 minutes a game. There's no doubting that. I mean, his per 40 numbers in both rebounding and block and block shots were among literally the best in the country. His block rate, fifth in the country. Offensive rebounding rate, 84th in the country, 10th in the SEC. These are the type of stats that project your impact if you were to play for a full 40 minutes. Now the question becomes, 
can he do that with the full 40 minutes? He's going to be playing, you know, 32, 35 minutes instead of 20. And what we're going to need from him is we're going to need him to, to take that same rate and just expand it to the second half. So I don't know how realistic that is, but that's what we need him to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. So let's let's talk J.J. Chandler. J.J. kind of came into his own last year and provided a decent scoring line and and solid defense. What do you see from JJ in in the 2019-2020 campaign? Well, I feel like like no one's talking about this but us. JJ's shot came together last year, especially over the last half of the season. So the knock on him has always been he can get to the rim when he wants. He's a great defender. So if you're across the line from him, just let him shoot. That's always been the knock on JJ. But he was 9 for 17 from 3 to close the season last year, and he was the fourth best free throw shooter in the SEC. I think he's developing a shot. It surely felt like he was uh, at the end of last year. I can tell you just based on his effort, his, le- his level of effort alone, Buzz is going to love this guy. <laughs> JJ has one speed, and it's fifth gear, max power. That's all he knows. So he's going to fly around the court. He's always been able to get to the rim, like I said. But if he can supplement those two things with a legitimate outside shot, I mean, that's the makings of a solid above-average SEC guard, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I think... I, I want to see from him more than anything is the continued evolution of his shot. He didn't start off great last year. His shot was a little behind the curve uh, last year, but he actually, by midseason, he rounded into form and shot the ball well all the way through SEC play. So I think that there's a lot of potential here for JJ, especially with the direction that this team is taking with you know, he's going to get open looks in this offense. He is going to get open looks. He's going to find his way to the basket. He's just got to put the ball in the hole. So I'm, I'm excited for what we, what we might see from him this year. And I guess that leaves Starks, right? He's the last remaining guy from these returning contributors. He's quite an enigma. He's had a very interesting career at A&M to this point. So Blake, what do you see from Starks this coming season? Man, the evolution of TJ Starks, uh, you know, it's interesting. His his freshman year, he was it. He was he was the the difference maker. He was the guy who who flipped the switch and and elevated the Aggies game across the board, especially on the offensive side. But last year, he just never could. You know, the expectations were there, the stage was set, and he never could quite get things going in the right direction. I don't know if it was attitude. I don't know if. He just wasn't right in the right mind space. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what didn't come together for him. Although things did get markedly better the second half of the season when he was coming off of the bench. And I think that that makes sense, right? That With his style of play, he's almost like a change of pace running back, right? Where you've got the hard charging, plodding running back who just four yards in a cloud of dust. And then all of a sudden you throw... Uh, throw another, throw the the change of pace back out there. Who's who's, you know, flying around the outside, kind of what Devonte Freeman was early in his career. I see TJ kind of in that same light, right? He's the change of pace guy. He's the guy that can exploit you when you're tired, when you've you know when you've been on the floor for eight minutes and you're just you're looking for a break, and all of a sudden here comes TJ destroying everything you're trying to do. So I hope that he can he can fit in that role. Um, I think that he's another guy. You never question his, his energy. Um, he's, he's always a million miles an hour. It's just, is he going in the right direction at that, at that velocity? That's a great way of putting it. And I think you tagged him really well in that he is the change of pace guy. The problem is 
we don't have the luxury of having a change of pace guy this year, right? And we didn't really have that luxury last year. So the question then become that then became and kind of still remains, can he change his ways? Can he adjust? Uh, we know we know that he's best suited to the microwave instant offense four minutes at a time type of contribution. But this team needs more than that. It needs a different, more composed, more more spread out, like a slower burn type of impact. Uh, last year that didn't work. And that was, I think, the biggest incoming question for Buzz was, you know, can we take this guy who was an SEC all-freshman talent and can we get him going back in the right direction? Or is the change in style, the change in coaching, is that just going to not vibe with the problems he had last year? Like I got to say, uh, right now we're trending towards option two. So I got to see him play a decent amount in the exhibition game. He ran with the twos. He ran as the point guard with the twos, and then he ran off-ball shooting corner threes with the ones. Looked uncomfortable in both situations. I've just, I've got to say it. It really wasn't there. He was, of the returning guys, the person who was clearly least in sync with the current system and what they're trying to do. So I don't know what to expect from him next, really. Uh, as you mentioned, he had a, I think it was a thigh or an upper leg injury that's going to knock him out for a couple of weeks. So we're not going to get to see him for a while, but... I was kind of hoping Buzz could just come in and wave his magic wand, and that may happen, but I don't think it's going to happen quickly. Yeah, I think it's actually a uh, high ankle sprain for for TJ. Okay, high so ankle. Okay. The, the the timeline I've heard at this point is probably two more like three weeks. You know, it it doesn't surprise me that he he didn't look comfortable in this in this scheme. Honestly, in the back of my mind, I halfway expected him to transfer when Buzz Williams was announced as as the coach. Yeah, it seemed possible, didn't it? It it, it, I, it really I, I did as well. I I honestly expected him to to put his name in the portal and and be gone because this doesn't seem like the right fit for him. I, I hope it is. I want him to turn it around so badly. I love what TJ brings when he's on. He's just incredible to watch. He's an absolute force of nature. But we haven't seen that TJ in, in quite a while. So I think the one other guy that that it, it, his name at least bears mentioning. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this guy in so to 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 come full circle. We didn't really talk about Chris Collins in the in the critical departures section. Chris was was a solid contributor to the Aggie program for four years, and and you certainly like what he does. Um, you know. It just a steady hand, right? A guy that you could put in the game. He wasn't going to give you a lot of flash, a lot of sizzle. He wasn't going to you know, contribute a lot of points, but he was going to facilitate for other guys and keep the ball moving, limit turnovers. The one guy I think that, that kind of steps into that role this year is going to be Mark French with a lot of incoming young guys, a lot of incoming freshmen. You're going to want somebody with kind of that steady hand, somebody you can throw in the game and and keep guys with a level head to be a hard worker, not turn the ball over a lot. I think Mark French is going to fill that role, right? I agree, and he's not really a – I don't know if you mentioned this. He's a scholarship guy now, so he's not a walk-on anymore. He played double-digit minutes in four of our last five games. He's played in the first two games this season. I think he is at some level a rotation guy, and – I do wish he had a reliable outside shot. I don't think he does, uh, but he's a spark plug offensively. He moves the ball well. He knows he he definitely knows how to run an offense, and you know athletically he he can stay in front of people out front. Obviously, being five seven can be a problem on the rebounding end, but I think he's going to get minutes for us, and I think I think they can be effective minutes. I certainly hope so. You you like to see a guy rewarded for for staying with the program, starting as a walk on, and then you know getting that scholarship opportunity. So. 
I, I hope that he, he gets a chance to, to offer a contribution to this team in a, in a regular capacity this year. I think that brings us to the end of the returning contributors. Anything else from your end before we wrap up part one of the preview? Nope, I think that's it. So uh, later this week, we'll we'll submit part two and we'll talk about the new guys who are coming in and what we might be able to expect from them and then talk overall season predictions and where we think things will go this year. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you soon. 